Shalom and welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Chayisara Chamishi, the fifth Aliyah in Parshas Chayisara. The topic of our Aliyah is meetings and marriage. An overview of our, our Aliyah is it is 15 Psukim Lonring from Perik Chavdalad Pasuk Nunbez to Perik Pasuk Samach Zion. A, a brief summary goes as follows that the, the this Evid, Eliezer, brings out all these kinds of gifts and he gives it to the brother and mother of Rivka once he, uh, he gets their acceptance, their agreement to give over Rivka. And they eat, they drink, and they stay overnight. The next morning, he gets up to, t- to take Rivka and they say, listen, let, the, let the, this, uh, this young lady stay for us, you know, at least a year, maybe 10 months, and then she can go back. And he says, no, don't delay me. Hashem has given me the opportunity of success right now and I'm going to go back to my master. So as a compromise, they say, well, well, let us ask her. Let's ask what Rivka says. And she comes up and she very confidently says, um, Eilech, I will go. And so that's what they do. They, they, they release or they let Rivka go. And uh, they send with her her Meinikta, her nursemaid. And, uh, and, uh, and they start making their way off. Before she leaves, they give a blessing to her, and they say, Our sister, you should be the um, tens of thousands, you should grow into a great nation of Yirash, Zarech, Eshar, Esonov, and uh, your your descendants should inherit and uh, conquer the gateways of their of the enemies. And so she gets off, and she goes off on the journey, she's going with um, Eliezer, and they arrive at the area of Be'er Lachai Ro'i, where Yitzhak at this point in time is coming out into the afternoon, he's lost Suach, he's having some sort of conversation in the field, and she sees him, and uh, as she sees him, she slides off the camel and asks the uh, Eliezer, who is that person? He says, who are That's my, my master. So she takes the veil and covers her face. Um, and at this point in time, Eliezer now goes forward, tells Yitzhak what has happened, and we're told that Yitzhak and Rivka are wed, and he brings Rivka to the tent of his mother. And, he, and by doing so, there's a certain sense of um, comfort that he receives after in the absence of his own mother and he loves her. This is this is the, the story that we're told over here. This is the Aliyah. So a few basic questions over here. You'll notice at the beginning of the Aliyah, curiously, Eliezer does not give any gifts to her father, who's right there at the table. Why is he not gifted? So Bukhar Shor, Rav Yosef Bukhar Shor points out that they needed more appeasing because the mother and the brother were one step removed. Remember that Bissuel is the direct descendant. He's connected to the family of Aram. He needed no convincing. It was the other two who needed the convincing. The Chizkuni does present another, another few options. Number one is, is that Rabbi Lavan was wiser and he was therefore the more of the decision maker. That's why he spoke up in front of his father, or at least he thought he was wiser. Another possibility, quoting a Midrashic line which we we're familiar with, is that Eliezer tri- had been almost poisoned, where Bissuel had tried to poison him, so he and the, the, the plates were switched, and Bissuel ends up dying the next over, overnight, and he's not around the next morning, so even now he's persona non grata. There's a lesser known Midrash, which is where he that describes that Bissuel was really a complicated person. He was the ruler of this village, and he would actually, um, unfortunately, violate every woman who would get married before they got married and the people were clamoring that his daughter should go through the same process and he was uh, he was killed by the Malach Gavriel, the Midrash says, at this point in time. So he's sort of been eliminated from the scene because of his very depraved lifestyle. 
Another possibility when we look at this, another question is, why would they try to keep her the next morning? Why is it that the night before they said, this is obviously Hashem's hand, take her, and the next morning they're starting to negotiate? The Malbim says two possibilities. Number one is to prepare for the wedding, give her time to work herself, to, uh, to get, put together a dowry, put herself in, uh, uh, together, set up her household, that she needs a little bit of time. And that was actually a practice in those days, a 12-month period. Um, and the other is, is that her father just dies, uh, died overnight. Let, let her stay at least for the shiva, let her stay at least for the year of mourning. And that's what they're asking for as well. And um, Eliezer refuses and, Eli and Rivka agrees with Eliezer. Now, what is the point of the bracha that they gave her? This actually is a bracha, what the Gemara says is one of the sources that there's a bracha at the Bidekin that, uh, that, um, that the, the, the father gives a bracha to his daughter why, uh, just before going entering marriage. So Rashi says it's because he's trying to, or they are trying to attach her to the legacy of Yitzchak. Yitzchak was blessed at the Akeda, at Har HaMoriah, that, uh, that he will succeed in, um, in, in vanquishing his enemies. So they're saying, let you be like him, let you be part of the blessing that Yitzchak is entitled to. However, there's an interesting uh, suggestion that I saw in the Pnei David as well. The Pnei David says that perhaps it was that uh, he, he's focusing on one interesting perspective, and that is that we're told, Chazal tell us that a lot of times that um, there is a, there's a notion that, uh, that, that a, a child receives a lot from the brother of his mother. There's certain genetic dispositions and character dispositions which are inherited from that line of the family. And that's why there's a notion of Boydkin Ba'achel, when, when looking into a shidduch, one should also look into the brothers of a young lady that one is, um, is, is uh, prospectively dating. That, uh, that is understood. And what he essentially is doing is he's trying to assert himself over here. He's trying to insert himself. And you're saying, you know, the reason why you'll be successful is because Achosenu, you're my sister, and you're going to be so successful as a function of me. So therefore, in the future, he's going to always attribute his success to him. Pededoid points out that um, in the dramatic ironies that she was barren, she had no children for so many years that it became clearly obvious that it was disconnected to this blessing, thereby deflating his uh, own delusions of grandeur. Another question we could ask is, why is Yitzhak out in the field in the afternoon? So Rashi says the word suach is, or comes from the word sicha, which is a prayer. It's an expression of prayer. And this is where Chazal get that Yitzhak were instituted in Mincha because this is in the Erev, in the times coming towards evening. Rabbi Arya Kaplan, quoting Rabbi Nachman of Brestov, points out in Jewish meditation, that, that this is a, an idea that prayer is not always just the formal aspects of prayer, that it's you know, fixed words and fixed places. It's, it's, it's this expression of conversation. It's an expression of being able to have Hashem in our lives so much so that we can have real conversations with Him in a state of His body, just in a state of being, making oneself alone and vulnerable to the, the Almighty, to the Ribbana Shel Olam. It's also interesting that the Likut Maran, also Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, on this Pasuk also points out that the idea is im He was actually conversing with the field around him. That means to say that in a certain sense he was channeling the power of nature as well as part of his very powerful perspective that was going on over here. Now, why is it that Yitzhak is in Berlachai Ro'i? Well, why of all places? Rashi points out, well, the last time we met this place was when Hagar was actually banished there. That's when, that's when uh, we, we know that Hagar was kicked out the, the, the house at the first time and second time. And uh, 
And so why is he here? So Rashi says because after Sarah has passed away, now Yitzhak is going to bring back Hagar, who was sent there to this place where she was originally saved, which says a tremendous uh, amount over here. First is that Yitzhak really respected his mother, and he wouldn't go against her explicit command to kick out um, Hagar and Yishmael. But now that his mother is no longer here, he looks to his father's loneliness, and he says, how can I be thinking of and contemplating ending my loneliness by getting married when my father is still lonely and living as a life of solitude so off he goes to try to rectify his father's loneliness while that's happening his father is not thinking about himself but rather thinking about the loneliness and the solitude of his son and the two of of them are actually looking towards each other to try to help each other and through that this this moment in our parish is the convergence of those two selfless altruistic perspectives Another question, why is that she covers herself with a veil? Rashi says this is an expression of modesty. The Ha'i Makdavar says, interestingly enough, is that Yitzhak was a very powerful person. He, He had a certain presence, a gravitas about him, and she actually was scared. This is an expression of a, a somewhat of a hidden fear. And the Amek Doris says, because the relationship started off on that, on that note, that perhaps may explain why in the next parsha, when they have a difference in opinion, she may be too scared to express her opinion in his presence. And this starts all from this moment as well. And finally, one last point over here is, what does it mean that Yitzhak was comforted after his mother loving Rivka? There's so much to talk about over here. There's a lot of different ideas, but one basic idea that comes back to also coming and falling off of the camel, and that's Rav Hirsch. And Rav Hirsch says is that she needed to create space. She needed to create space between the two of them, a sacred space. And that couldn't be a place which is constructed out of other agendas, self-constructed reflections or, or or projections of self. It began with two human beings on equal footing. She did not want the relationship to start on a camel where she is dominating the experience. So she slipped off the camel in order to be able for them to both be on equal footing. Part of the building of a relationship of real love is when people can come down and get off their camels in order to be able to create real relationships between them. With this we conclude the Aliyah. In the meantime have a wonderful and meaningful day.